the best part of your week is about to begin. This is the time where we talk shop, swap stories, and share lessons from our wild adventures in the creative industry. With each and every lovingly crafted episode, we strive to bottle that magic, warm, electric feeling you get after coffee with a new friend or attending a fantastic breakout session at a creative conference. You might start as strangers, but you'll leave as friends. Buckle up, settle in, and get ready for this episode of Freelance Fridays. Hello and welcome, gang, to another episode of Freelance Fridays, the show where we get creatives together and ask them one big question. I am joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, uh, Ashley. Every project is free on Black Friday. Ulmer! For me? Every, pro- every yeah. project that I do on Black Friday? Well, yeah, I mean, I won't be working on me- Black Friday, so they can try, but I won't be available, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you had promised the people... All projects will be completed within 24 hours, and they're all free on Black Friday. Yeah, is that it's, yeah on, on Thanksgiving and on Christmas Eve, too. Like, those are the two days that it's free, free, free. Honey, <laughs> it's, shut up. Mommy's got to ship 30 t-shirts <laughs> today. Let's get it done. <sighs> I love it. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. As you can see, the mustache is uh, in full bloom. Uh, it's looking wispy <laughs> as ever, and uh, we're joking before we got on today. Uh, it, it looks like I've like made out with like axle grease or something, or like Girl. uh, <laughs> the stash Zeke's talking about it in the comments. The stash, uh, if you All guys I know watching- is with like my husband because when I met him, he didn't have a mustache or a beard, but he's had a beard now for probably almost 10 years, minus when he was in the military. And I refuse to let him shave it, like, I, I like his face perfect with his beard and Covered mustache, up. like, he can't be without it, like, it just can't happen. <laughs> I love that. I I would grow a full like beard if I could, but you can see what's happening up here. It's it's rough. Um, it's, it looks real pervy. Real uh, vote for Pedro. What was that movie? Um, Napoleon Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, real, real, real scuzzy vibes happening over here. But hey, I'm committed. Every year we try and do it. Um, yeah. But guys, that's the episode. We talked about Josh's mustache. <laughs> this has been great. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Ashley, what is our topic today? We're talking about going against the grain, which I guess would kind of relate to your mustache. Like it wow. is going against the grain, you know? What an apt <laughs> metaphor. Like it's that because when we, when we got this question, like even some of the guests today were like, hey, so this is a cool sounding topic, but what the heck does that mean? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. And it's basically... Uh, like things that are included in a project or a process or, you know, a, a, a way of doing things that's like feels out of place, but it's sometimes it's that like magic sauce to, yeah to, to kind of push things over the edge. Like how my mm-hmm. mustache is like truly the, like, <laughs> <laughs> the, like uh coup de gras. It pushes my, everybody over the edge. Out. They're just like, I've, I can't watch this anymore. I have to I'm go. Out. I'm all the way out. <laughs> no, maybe the mustache is a bad example, but like that, sometimes it's that little like unexpected weird thing that maybe the client didn't ask for, or maybe yeah. um, doesn't quite feel like it fits, but it ends up making it interesting. Uh, yeah. So we'll be unpacking that today, but let's go ahead and bring our fantastic guests up on stage. Oh, but before we do that, I just want to, I want to, I want to drop another little reminder guys next week. We will have a shorter episode with just me and Ash um, because we're going to do a couple of little like announce look back at life things. And we're going to be, uh, we got a new name for the podcast, which we'll be talking about and kind of unpacking then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be, uh, 
it'll be a short episode because we'll be busy working on the, all those free graphics on Black Friday, you know? Yeah. Y'all hit y'all hit Ashley up. Please send her DMs and emails <laughs> about your specific request for her free graphics she'll be making for you yeah, on Black Friday. Totally. <laughs> all right, let's jump into this bad boy. We are joined by Hannah Guernsey, like the cat, Allie Shaw, and none other than the illustrious Clarence. Kipepe? I know I was going to butcher it. I said I was going to butcher it. <laughs> you're close. You're close. Close. All right. Help me. Help me. Close. How is it actually supposed to be said? Kepe, kepe. Kepe, kepe. Okay. I left a K yes. out in my K-E-P-E-K-E-P-E. Okay. And is that why you just go with K in your Instagram handle? It's, it's much easier. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, what we're going to do, guys, both for our – I'm going to ask you guys to all introduce yourselves for – uh, our, our, our lovely listening and watching audience. Uh, we'll go in round robins. So we'll go Ashley, Hannah, Allie, Clarence, Josh. And if you guys have seen the episodes before, you know that I literally cannot control myself. I will probably jump in between everyone and also have thoughts to share or ideas and just skip the line because I, I cannot be controlled and I am a child. Uh, but uh, Hannah, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the Amigos? Yeah, uh, I'm Hannah Guernsey. I am a full-time freelance designer. I've been in the creative industry for seven years. I have a bachelor's in visual communication, and I specialize in merchandise, branding, event design, and social strategy. Sorry for the awkward pause. I just realized I muted myself. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to pull you guys up on... Uh, Instagram so folks can be uh, perusing as we intro ourselves. And Hannah, Allie, this is her second time on the show. She actually was on I know one with Dustin and I. Yeah. I know. So when we were doing the lives over the summer, I thought that that was the, the case here. But yes. yeah, y'all y'all had all the fun without me that day. That's, That's right. Super, we did. It was the best cool episode we've ever had. <laughs> now you're just trying to be spiteful. <laughs> now, I love this stuff. Are you working mostly in... Um, like, is this Procreate or is this Illustrator? Oh, no. All Adobe. <laughs> yes. All I haven't Adobe, really messed. Baby. I have. I own Procreate, but I haven't messed with it too much. Um, so it's all either Illustrator or Photoshop. Normally, I finish in Photoshop. Word. I try to open Photoshop as little as possible. Like, it's a good week if I didn't open Photoshop, which is nuts because yeah. I used to, like, live there. Absolutely. Yeah live there i was literally just thinking that this morning too i was thinking i was like i literally think i could get rid of photoshop and i would i could still be fine like i open it maybe like twice a month yeah but I like never use it. textures and certain yeah. techniques that you just can't get <gasps> outside of photoshop mm -hmm. so that's where i bring uh my files into photoshop for this sure. is the creative church tiger from, yeah uh, uh nick asked for that tiger no one had bought that design yet so i said oh, he's he's real nice Real nice. <laughs> um, the yeah, my so my Photoshop when you open it, it's like a bunch of mock-ups and then YouTube covers is basically all all that's mm. in there anymore. Yeah. Allie, tell the people where you're from, what you do, what do you like, where are you yeah. where are you living these days. I'm Allie. I live in Las Vegas. I um, have been freelancing for about two years, but have worked in churches pretty much for forever, it feels like. Um, mainly in graphic design, but then recently, like the past like, five years, it was just social-based, so I cannot relate. 
I didn't live in Photoshop. I don't know what I would do without it. Um, because <laughs> yeah, I use Illustrator to make an Instagram post. Um, so I own a company called Heaven Sent. We just do social media for churches, pastors, nonprofits. Um, and we just specialize in growth. Um, so my Instagram and my business doesn't get touched very often because we're uh, making making moves on our clients' pages. So. Yeah, that's that's it the cobbler's children we talked about it before like the cobbler's children have no uh no shoes because we're so busy working yeah. on everybody else's stuff it's tough to oh, yeah. tough to keep it going clarence how about you my man um so my name is clarence kepe kepe i've been designing for for one year and freelancing for about nine months i think so yeah i started designing just because uh I really wasn't aware of what I was going to be doing like over the the course of my life. So design kind of saved me in a way. I love that. I love that, dude. Your stuff is so fresh. And are you, um, you're based out of South Africa, correct? Yes. I, uh, I I know some folks in South Africa and like worked with clients and people that have moved to my city, Augusta, Georgia from there. Uh, but I don't have a really good sense of what it's like in South Africa because I've got other buddies in other countries and they're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the United States really has like a very different approach to church than we do. And there's like a need for graphics. And is that is that true for you? Like, do you have a church clients in um, South Africa, I guess, is the really long way of asking that. Um, I wouldn't say I have church clients in South Africa. My church clients are mostly international. Hmm. Yep. So okay. in South Africa, it's, it depends. So in South Africa, I mostly do logos, uh, merch and stuff like that. Never, I've okay. never done a church design in South Africa. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Cool, guys. Well, let's go ahead and jump on into our topic. So what we're going to be doing today is talking about going against the grain. Ash, do you want to kick us off here? Sure. Um, as you like said in the beginning of the episode, I feel like this is kind of a weird topic because I was trying to think of what I would say. But the first thing that comes to mind to me as far as like going against the grain is because we're all kind of involved in the same like creative um, community online, like Christians, you know, pro-church, that type of community. And I think for me, the first thing I picture like going against the grain would be like creating stuff that's different than what we normally see. Like as far as, um, I don't know, creating art that's like kind of almost, um, thought provoking or almost controversial in a sense. I think that's like the first thing I picture as far as is visually going against the grain against like, not even like against, but I mean, just doing something different, like to be standing out. Dang, that's a good angle. Uh, how would you, uh, Hannah, you were the one that asked this question, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I might be like a fire starter. I don't know, but <laughs> I, that's, that's exactly Ash. That's exactly why. I sent this over uh, to Josh because I didn't know what I want to talk about. And then I created some graphics and I had some pushback, which was really, really interesting. To no. Me because all of my designs like go on my feed. All of my personal designs to expand my reach, my growth is for the kingdom, to build the kingdom, reach the lost, um, inspire people, and also push my creative bounds. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, as creatives, it's our job to be trendsetters and set ourselves apart, set new standards for design, instead of going back to just text on a floral image saying, here's a Bible verse, (laughs) you know? How dare you? (laughs) Like, that's our job. That's what we are as creatives. We're here to innovate. And um, there was a post that I made that I received a couple comments and messages saying, this is sacrilegious. All right. Time out. Time out. So this isn't client work. No. This isn't client work. This is somebody no. coming after you for your yes. personal projects on your exactly. feed. <laughs> Can I say, yeah, I've had that a ton throughout yeah. of stuff I've created yeah. online too, Hannah. Yeah. yeah, like I can imagine because like if you're using more hell related <laughs> like imagery skulls or uh, depicting death or anything yeah or using a literal image of a ghost that's going to be a clear representation you know the bible says holy ghost right um but to some people that is a big no-no and mm-hmm. that really stirred my fire because um it just kind of how why would you ever put god in a box Mm -hmm. why would you ever try to put god in a box if he's going to use this to build his kingdom or to reach hearts uh for people who need this message or need to need to see how this is written out or it's going to resonate with them um and the lord's going to do that like i'm just creating the image he's going to move their heart um if that's the case why would you say anything against it? I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my perspective, especially because art is super subjective. Yeah. Um, it's going to work well for some people, but not everybody. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it just really, yeah, it really got me going. So I'm like, <laughs> why? Fired up and ready for an episode. You know what's funny, <laughs> Hannah, is the most pushback I've ever received on imagery, like throughout like, just design because a lot of the designs I make, especially on my Instagram page, are just like fun and just kind of like warm up things I do. Um, but the most pushback I ever get back is when I use eyeballs, which is so funny. What? Like people are like, "That's like Illuminati. That's like third oh, eye. That's like." And I'm like, okay. "Dude, God created eyes. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I don't, I don't see it that way. But um, yeah, it's just funny. People are people are silly. Oh, is this is yeah. this the one, Hannah? <laughs> No, that's not Give the one. Hell? No, uh, that was. Like I was literally yeah. looking. I was like, "What's that was what's even little, remotely little, rough okay. here?" Okay, okay. If you want to know exactly which one it was, it's the ghost. Uh, it's more towards the top. It's the most recent. And what's really Peaceful interesting guys? about that? He will guide us. Yeah. And so I just came back from Europe, and they have the golden halo in yeah. all of their art. So I was a little inspired by that. I'm like, okay. I want to Love make it. something that's super easy to digest, um, but depicts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, <that> yeah. <laughs> not to get into the weeds on the no, show today. No, no, we no. Found that's, any not, comment. that's not what I'm trying to do at all. No, I'm just. It's that's just, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to put God in a box, and if he's going to use that, which he clearly has, based on the like count and the share count. Like God used that more than some of my other designs as. To, like, to reach others and a lot of people resonated with that design mm-hmm. and so when someone's coming like especially as a words of affirmation person when someone comments is like this isn't okay this isn't honoring the lord you know um it it hurts a little bit and it's just like that wasn't my intention i'm here to glorify god with what i do mm-hmm. 
Um, and it just, it's sad, but that on the other side, how many people were reached because God used that, that imagery, um, to reach people. So yeah, that's where it came from. (laughs) I love it. And if it makes you feel any better, uh, we got down in the comments, uh, big boy lifter, daddy muscles is got your back. (laughs) That's love that that handle. Uh, also guys, I feel like I said every episode, uh, when you jump into the comments, uh, angels get their wings and Josh's heart swells. And if you've got an idea for another topic for an episode today, not today, we got one topic. It's already locked in today for future episodes. Feel free to leave those in the YouTube or, um, or do like you always do and just DM them to me privately. Um, that's always fine as well. Um, Hannah, I've, there's so much to unpack here. I can't wait to, to help with your, your church hurt. Um, not before we, it's not church hurt. It's troll hurt. <laughs> It's church wow. troll hurt. That's good. No, I think, uh, I think that, I think it's, it's, it is, there's some casualties that happen when you're on the quote unquote, like front lines of like, let's try to do things a little bit differently, whether yeah. it's, Hey, I think that looks like poo poo and they just don't like it. Or it's something that like ruffles some feathers from like yeah. the Harry Potter hating community. Um, <laughs> it just kind of depends. Yeah. Allie, let's go ahead and uh, it's interesting, actually, it's, it's turning into like the first round of these round robins is like, we gave you a little sound bite. How do you define the question? Yeah. So, Allie, when you hear uh, going against the grain, what does that make you think of? Um, it made me nervous because, like I said, I work primarily in social rather than, I mean, I make content, but there's like the strategy side. And social rewards you for going with the grain. I mean, you look at it and it's like, we all, ooh, we all do the (laughs) same reels, audio and trends. And that's how you win. And it's kind of exhausting when you have like a row of clients and they're all like, well, you know, we want to do this sound, we want this trend. Um, And so what I do try to do is I, and it's like, you're not going to be first, but it's like, either beat them to the ask or it's like, Hey, this is going to be trending. This is trending. Let's do it. Or trying things that maybe cause like I'm on TikTok all the time and some of those audios you can't use as a church. You just, you can't, yeah. um, but it's like, how are most of your we? clients churches or ministries? Oh my God. All of them. Yeah. Okay. They okay. All are. And so mm-hmm. what was that? There was like a Snoop Dogg trend. I can't even remember it Central right now. Seduction. Yes, fantastic! It was so Ashley's great. got it ready. She's. I know, I know what it is. No, but can Ashley's I just can I do a little that sensual seduction? I have an Instagram for my dog, and I use that song. And the the legit his reel is like blowing up, like, and it's like <laughs> the dumbest it. reel ever. But it's just that song, like for whatever reason. But did it, did it, it beat, real? <laughs> did it beat the Shit's Creek one you did of me? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. dang it's it! At, like, I was I wanted to be the crowning jewel of Ashley's reels. <laughs> No, Sorry. Dang, big fat bummer. <laughs> Wait, what's the dog's account? I know now I want to see. It's called Raising Marvel. He has like only like a hundred something followers, but <laughs> that sensual oh, seduction oh, song oh. Took, him, took him to the top. Raising for that Marvel about to blow up. So it's like, <laughs> which one is it? Uh, see, so it says, When Mom Can Me Come In. Yeah, it's at 43,000. Up, it's on the top right. Oh. Yeah, that that you don't have to watch it. Oh my it, gosh, she's beautiful. I'm watching it. <laughs> it's like not even that funny. It's like I don't know why people just love it. It's funny. 
<laughs> and that's it. Like, but it's just, I don't know if it's the song. I don't know, but people like love that one for some reason. That was a delightful part of the episode for the podcast <laughs> listeners, where not only can y'all not hear the audio that I just heard, yeah, but people on the podcast couldn't see or hear what just happens. They're just like, this is a sick, like 20 second silence. <laughs> we we interject those little silent segments to get you to look back and like pay attention, yeah. tune back in to watch it. It's good. It's um, good. All right, so we interrupted Allie like 10 sorry, seconds Allie, into was, her that was my uh, fault. answer. I'm sorry. How dare you interrupt her on this show? <laughs> I loved it. I don't remember where I was. Something about Snoop Dogg. Um, it was, you were saying like going with the then. flow is kind of what rewards you if you're managing social <laughs> and if you're doing oh. stuff for like churches. Like it's it, there's even more like landmines uh, culturally and morally that you've got to steer clear of. Yeah. And I think something I try to like push people and even how I think about social is it's like when it's like not that serious, which I know is bad from the brand perspective, but it's, I think the brands that win on social are the brands who don't take themselves super seriously. I mean, you even look at like the success of transformation churches, Instagram, and it's like, you know, you could try to like equate or justify their success, whatever, but it's like, they don't hold themselves to the standard of like, it's like this. It's like, but it's like, they'll do a yeah. meme. They'll make fun of themselves. And mm. I love stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to remember why I was talking about Snoop Dogg. I literally have no idea. There was a point, but we tried to use the audio. That's what it was. And we've got a lot of pushback where it's like, no, like the song is literally called sensual seduction. I'm like, mm. I know, even like, though there's no like just, lyrics in the real, the, the and connection I was like, we could is just like, you'd make it original audio. You know, you could like do the screen recording thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, that's what I'm trying to like push on my end at least is it's like yeah More you can like do the trends. yeah that's what i'm advocating for truly <laughs> that is my hill i'll die on so i love it <laughs> yeah uh clarence how about you uh so i remember i asked josh to explain this topic for me because i didn't understand <laughs> it's but okay now, i didn't understand um, it first either <laughs> but i still because I remember I did a design for Project Media, which was titled, um, can you just go to my account because I forgot what design I did for Project Media, which is yes. very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull it up here. Look on it. Oh, that's the wrong one. I do that every episode now that we have an intro. <laughs> I share the... Uh, the intro video again. It's fantastic. All right. So we're going to Clarence K. Yes. Clarence K design. So it's, it's the one with the heart, I think. This one right here? No, the one a bit lower. Yeah. Be grateful the, the heart is a magnet? Yeah, be grateful the heart is a magnet for miracles. So... A couple of designers also did this, and one one designer associated to a script associated the design to a scripture. Mm-hmm. Then there was a bit of backlash in the comments. Someone was like, "Oh, this is not from the Bible. The Bible does not say grateful heart is a magnet for for miracles." So, which I was like, most of my designs are not entirely based on scripture. It's something that mm-hmm. I feel on my heart. And if I feel yeah. it on my heart, I will design about it. Yeah. So 
it was bad for me because I couldn't reply to the person. Their account was private. Mm. Yeah. But I we just love wish to see I could it. have replied. <laughs> I wish I could have replied to that person because sometimes, you know, even the Bible says my people suffer due to the lack of knowledge. Mm. So without understanding the full story, they went on. Mm-hmm. Then I got a bit of backlash based on that design. The other one was um, was a, I'm trying to think. Oh, it was a collaboration that I did with with Billy Guinan. So the imagery on it is it's a skeleton. I think it's a bit it's a bit much lower than that. This guy. That one. Oh, that's so good. I got a bit of backlash because I did a collaboration with this and it's crazy, but even though in the caption it's it's written, uh sometimes you need to be alone to hear and stuff like that. He is a great this is designer. Crazy. Wow. This is super cool. I uh, love that graphic. Yeah, so it feels like what's happening here, guys, is uh y'all are Instagram famous. And so you get people in the comments who don't know you. Mm-hmm. That's true. You got you got the old dogs like me and uh, I won't call Ashley an old dog. I mean, uh, I'm the oldest one here. Let's be real. I mean, sure. <laughs> but like we've been putting out the stank for a while now, or in Ashley's case, the sauce. Like people know what they're signing up for when you get on our account. Actually, actually, yeah. no, you have people hating on your stuff too. So it really is if you go viral and get in front of other people who don't, know enough about you and they're just like objectively weighing the thing second hesitation for 13 (laughs) love that (laughs) i love it i mean i think with like my stuff though like we've talked about this on previous episodes like obviously like my work like i am a christian but like it's not like Mm -hmm. not every single thing i do is like super in your face like yeah you know Bible verse and stuff like that. I always kind of just sprinkle, like, I mean, I think it's more so like I'm create artwork that represents me as a person. So like things that I love or even like verses that I, that affect my life, I don't necessarily like quote them exactly. So I think for me, it might like the backlash comes a little bit, but not so much as it did in the beginning. Um, because I think now people kind of realize like, yeah, she's a believer, but she's not going to always make like a super, you know, Christian, picture you know what i mean yeah. word yeah yeah i'm realizing that as we go through this thing we're, we're talking about some you know some social situations but it kind of is bubbling up uh you know as designers we we're we're part of our job is to push the envelope a little bit and like we don't need to we're not you know necessarily going out there like pitching these ideas that just can't work and they're way too nuts we just need to be like 2% better, just a little bit better. And I think one of the ways that I have found to uh, kind of help balance things, because if you're in, if you're a, a creative director at a church or um, you're a pastor at a church and you're like kind of you're, you're, you're doing two things. One, you're look, you're listening to your designer, you're listening to your um, your people who are making things and they've got these fresh, wonderful, wild ideas. And maybe you're like, man, I love your heart. I love the passion. I love the desire here, Allie, to use the bootylicious song and put skulls on it. Um, but on the on the other hand, you've had six people in your office this week talking about how like offensive it was or whatever else. And so you're, they're trying to hold both things. And one way that I have found to 
uh, help with like think through their perspective is get around mission. And this is a, a killer quote that um, is not a, a original to me. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's Sally Brazel. So she was one of my youth leaders like a billion years ago. And she says the medium should never outweigh the message. Hmm. So the crazy theatrical thing that you do on stage should never be somebody's takeaway from the sermon. Cause if it doesn't like push the point forward, if it doesn't like assist in the mission, then it's just, you know, it's just noise. It's just extra decorations. Right. Um, and I think that that can be said here too. Like I can hear a case for skull makes a ton of sense. It drives home the, the depth and severity of the, the point. Right. And then other cases, we're saying like, I like skulls. And they say, I don't like skulls. And so you're doing this. You're, you're, you're butting your heads against each other. But anytime you can get everybody on the same side of the table pointing that way, saying like, okay, what outcome do we want? What do we want somebody to feel about this sermon series or whatever we're talking about, or the video or whatever? And if we want them to feel somber, we want them to feel a little heavy. We want them to feel a little bit like jarring and kind of like get you out of the, the norm or whatever. Um, then maybe Skull's the, like the best move, right? But then it's not you debating preferences, which is always, you know, then it's just egos and um, like authority levels kind of coming at each other. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That just went on like a, a 10 minute tirade there and actually had to jump off and go do family mom things. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, I love this down in the comments. What is a Christian picture though? I didn't even, a graphic can be saved. It can always be saved and it can even be saved to the cloud. Sling sawdust. That's great. Um, Hannah, have you experienced uh, in your relationship with clients like for a project, like, um, like I would love to hear like some stories of, you know, like the trolls are one thing. Like I frankly don't care a ton what some rando on Instagram, like thinks about the design. Like, does it hurt my feelings for 10 minutes? Sure. Um, but like, they're not the client. So what about some times where you were able to get like a, like push the envelope and get it approved? Mm, gosh, all the, all the time, right? <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> I really, really enjoy getting uh, clients out of their comfortability zone. Um, I like to see how far I can push it while maintaining the message and sticking to the brand. Um, because a lot of times people, clients, depending on what project, branding or event design, whatever, merchandise, they could be a little more reserved because they have their safe box of like what they're used to. Here's my colors. Here's my fonts. Here's my logo. Knowing what sells. Yeah. And this has worked for me. Um, I'm scared. But then it's my job as a creative to know, like Ali, the, the trends of today and say, no, but... If you take those elements and twist them a little bit, we could propel you a lot further. And that's what I've done with um, this agency I've been working with from Chicago. I, <laughs> it's been like a stepping by step process of trust with uh, building with her. Um, but we took her brand from what she was used to, what she was comfortable with, to something she's proud of. And um, mm. it's definitely attracting more followers and the people that she's looking for, um, the actual clients that she's looking for. And her, her brand feels more cohesive as a whole, just because I said, hey, I get your idea, I get your vision, let me just yeah. take it. And um, building that trust is probably the hardest part. That, I mean, for going against the grain, it's 
you can't do that unless you have the trust with your client. Um, yeah. so that's fundamental for me. And then I'm able to introduce ideas like, Hey, what about this? What about this? And like, Oh my gosh, that looks really good. <laughs> so, I love it. yeah. So I love that. Uh, that's a great note. I would love to even talk some more about is what are practical things people can do to build rapport, build trust, build confidence so that you can maybe push the envelope a little bit. And, and you've already touched on one uh, being just like putting in the reps with the same client, like showing, proving over time uh, that you have their best interests at heart and you're not going anywhere. And like, this is not you experimenting on their, their account or something. Allie, do you have any other like handles on, um, you know, ways to build rapport and, and, and instill confidence in your clients? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny going from working like in a church staff to working for yourself, because when you work for a church staff, you almost have like the backing of like, no, I like, I went through the process. I got hired. Like, you like the buy-in is automatically there. And then yeah. when I decided to go freelance um, in 2020 in October, I got this client in New York, literally uh, the only reason I decided to go freelance was my dog broke his wrist and it was like a very expensive surgery. And so I was like, okay, I gotta like hustle, like let's make some money here. Um, so I just cold called a bunch of people I've done design work for in the past. And this one guy is a pastor in New York. And I was just like, Hey, love everything you're doing. The pandemic had probably should have Googled to make sure that they were still like running, but I was like, you guys are killing it. Like if you ever need anything, like I'm accepting clients and he emailed me back and he's like, Hey, I actually need somebody to like run my social, like, let's talk. And then, then like three days later he was signed as like my first, you know, client, um, which is great, but it was crazy to me because I was like, I've never met this guy. I literally like shot in the dark trying to get work. And I was like, cool, here's like your posts for the week. And he's like, yeah, cool. I don't even need to see anything. Like I trust you. And that was such a weird hmm. mind shift for me. Cause it's like, why? Um, yeah. and then to me, that was almost like this imposter syndrome of like, nope, like I have to like prove myself, but then realizing one, yeah, you need to build trust. You need to show up, you need to deliver above and beyond, but also knowing like if somebody hired you, like the buy-in, most of it's already there. I don't know mm. if that's like the answer you're looking for, but to no, me, yeah. that was like a good reminder, I guess. Yeah. And I think that there's levels. I think, you know, one is obviously getting the nod to even do the job is, is, is one level yeah. of confidence. When somebody is like paid you, like that's, that is something. Um, and then the other one is like, like a step further is like, Hey, here's a little bit of a wild idea that maybe you're not ready for and right. like getting them to that point. And it's, uh, you, I would assume a lot of your relationships when you're managing social are kind of an ongoing thing. Like, Hey, we get in yeah. into this deal month in month out, we get to know each other. I'm helping you build the brand on social. Um, 96% of my stuff is project to project. And there's a good chance, like while I might come in and do, you know, the main church logo and then do four other sub ministry logos, like that happens all the time. Or, you know, I'll come in and do a couple of different projects for a group. I I am walking into every room and every situation knowing that this is probably or this could be the only time I ever work for them. And so I've yeah. got to very quickly build confidence to do an important like strategic work one time. And I don't have years to like get a leash with these people. Right. Um, and so I've, I've basically got to like front load a lot of that confidence building stuff. Um, and for me, like one of them is uh, having a game plan 
Just like mm-hmm. if you literally walk into the room and you go, this is something I've done 250 times in the past three years. I've been like tweaking it to get it right. And I don't say that because it sounds like real douchey to, to walk into the room. I know exactly what we're doing, everyone. Listen to me. Like that's not the <laughs> that's not it. But people can sense that like they can sense like, right. oh, this meeting has happened a bunch of times before. If we like tr- there is a process to trust, I think, is one thing that or one like olive branch you can extend uh, yeah. out to them and say, hey, here's an invitation to trust me. I've got more that I want to talk about, but uh, I don't want to gobble up all the time here because I want to hear, Clarence, what you have to add to the how do you build confidence with your clients and your peeps? So basically, when I started out, uh, since that it's been one year, so I I never had any client before. So it was very much confusing. But there's this creative that I watched on YouTube. Her name is Abby Connick, I think. I think that's the name. So it helped very much because I still remember I had, I had a client. My first project was uh, sort of like to create cassette tapes for for a client because they were about to drop an album. Okay. So so it was for me it was like a learning process. I was learning along the way, but now I've become very much more confident because. When clients approach, they're like, oh, we want this, we want this, we want uh, sort of like a mesh design for T-shirts and so on. I'm more confident because I sort of like assert myself in a way, but yeah. not too harshly. I just assert myself and because I have, um, what do you call it? I have a portfolio that I give to the client and be like, and I'm like, oh, this is what I've done before. This is the kind of style you're going to be expecting from me. So yeah. they sort of like understand that and allow me to to broaden my creativity in whatever they're going to give me and stuff like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, Sling has an excellent question down here in the comments. I understand seeing trends and working with them, but how do you stand out and create your own style within that? So, yeah, we got to play the game at some level to land clients or because in Ali's case, yeah. your clients are literally hiring you to play the game for them. Uh, and when I mean the game, talk about the algorithm and following trends effectively. But how do you like do your own version of that um, and and still stand out? Like that's a that's a pretty nuanced question. Hannah, you want to tackle it first? Sure. <laughs> um, this actually just happened this year. Um, when I went to full time freelance again, in February after leaving an agency job for two and a half years. Uh, at the agency, I was doing whatever the client wanted is literally like copy paste. Here we go. We have the pretty much same formula for all the clients, what they want. All the clients are the same church clients <laughs> and <laughs> pretty much all of them wanted the same stuff. But um, once I started getting serious about posting on Instagram, which is self-promotion and one of the fastest way- ways to uh, grow. Since February, I have not uh, reached out to a single client. They've all reached out or found me through Instagram. So um, that's a really fun yeah, feeling. Is a, Yeah, it's amazing. And also the Lord, <laughs> but definitely the best platform to market yourself. And as soon as I started breaking away from, okay, all the clients wanted me to do this. What do I really enjoy creating? Mm. Like what, I, when I close my software and I'm like, that was it what is that feeling like what what is that style and then repeat in a different way and repeat in a different way 
Um, and then follow people that you're also interested in. You're like, I love that. Let me try that too. And then I think it's just trial and error, at least for me, um, just trying new things and seeing what sits well with you. And then it just evolves. It's kind of, it's kind of like when they say you find your person, you're going to marry, you know, you know, it, for me, it was kind of like that, just trial and error. And, um, you get that feeling of like accomplishment or fulfillment of like, that was a good piece and you post it and then people resonate with it and you're like, Oh, okay, maybe this is my niche. So it's really hard because it's kind of like saying, here's the magic formula. And I don't think there is one because everyone has a different way of creating or their own process. But um, I think trial and error is always going to be a formula for creatives. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think um, to your point, like there's like once you can define the problem or the thing that the client is, so like you approach it from like what is exciting and interesting to me, Mm -hmm. I like stumbled into this um, because everything I'm doing is like centered around client work. Like I've kind of stopped posting like pet or passion projects several years ago and it's almost all client work on my feed now. Um, And the kind of one of the ways that I got to that is like, or not, not to that part of it, but um, it's like starting with the question, like, what does the client need? What is the problem they're trying to solve? And then what is the most interesting answer to that problem? So Mm -hmm. rather than like, you're sidestepping the whole like client likes this style, you like this style. And instead you're approaching it from like, here's the, here's the hole we need to fill. What is the coolest ingredients we can put in that hole to, yeah. Um, to get us over the finish line. And I've found through doing that process over and over and over again, and actually other people pointed it out to me. They're like, oh yeah, like this is your style. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like I do end up putting some similar ingredients to, mm-hmm. to, to fill that up each time. But then there's always that like interesting part that the client adds to the, the soup there too. But, but there's also um, times like when you market yourself and once you start feeling comfortable or posting your, your style, that's when clients will come to you because you have a style. They're saying, yeah. I like what you're doing. Can you do that for me? And then that's where you, I believe, create career fulfillment is because clients are coming to you because you've established a style that you're proud of and that you enjoy creating. And then um, you're just excited to go work every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And we had a uh, Tammy Coker on last week's episode and some people have like a really tightly defined style and he's one of them where like, you could look at his stuff and you're like, Oh, this is a hundred percent him. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and it is nuts. And there's, you know, others, a lot of different ways to do it, but he's a great example of like nailed a style. And now the, the people want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allie, I forget what the question was. What were we talking about? Oh, how to, uh, how to, how to, how to find your own style while you know, staying in the conversation, staying on trend. Yeah. I don't know. I think I agree with Hannah. I mean, I think everybody would, cause that was just really great. Um, but great. it's this like awkward push and pull of like, this is what's going to sell or perform well. And like, this is what I, I want. And it's like this awkward tension in the middle of like, okay, so I want this, the client wants this, or this is what Instagram wants to see, but how can I, do that without doing that if that makes sense that's Mm. kind of the language that we use internally is like okay how can we make it okay i'm going to equate it to social uh 
every church, every Saturday, it's like, hey, get to church tomorrow. And it's so annoying. It's literally the <laughs> most annoying thing. Like if I see one more carousel, like I'm going to explode. Um, and so it's just Uh-oh. like, how can we promote without, prom- oh no, did I cut out? No, I was. I said, "Uh oh," because uh, I was. I'm nervous you're going to explode because you're definitely going to see another carousel like that, like very soon. Oh, I have one still, <laughs> no. like in an hour. Like I, I cannot. Like I can't. It's so annoying. But it's like, how can we promote something without it being promotional, or how can we sell something without it looking like we're selling? And I think it is just like that awkward tension of discovering like what works for you or for your client, building that trust so that you can switch it up. So. Like, yeah, you're like, there's not a magic formula. There's not a solution to it. It's just trial and error. Like, yeah, it sucks. But that's like mm. actually, I feel like the answer. That is, that is an excellent point. Like you're never, I don't, I think it's, it, there's probably weirdos are the ones that like wake up and they're like, this is my style. And they're like, know it. Yeah. It really comes from like taking steps down a road and you're like, not quite this or definitely not this. Ooh, that felt right. Like you just kind of right. bump along and the people that, uh, in my opinion, like without fail, the people that have a defined style, like they've taken 10,000 steps down the road. Mm-hmm. And so like, there is no shortcut in a lot of cases, like some people like bump into it sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guarantee if we scrolled through Hannah's feed, like 200 posts ago, it would probably look pretty different from what she's posting today. Yes. Um, cause she's like kind of had this process of discovery and yes. the same thing is true. You know, obviously it's, it's, it's a pretty black and white like example for us as, you know, freelancers or like solopreneurs or like businesses when we're like discovering this for ourselves, but for a church or for an organization, um, that process, you still need to do that process. You've still got to try it on for size, but instead of one person deciding and feeling this thing, you're then like, you might have multiple heads at the table going like, okay, what is our brand? We need to define the brand. We need to define what we do and what we never do. And then, okay, now what does that look like on TikTok? Okay, what does that look like in printed material? And it is a, it is difficult to do well. Um, and it's why I think we we see it so rarely, especially in, you know, smaller church organizations, because like a lot of people aren't even doing that first step of defining like, who are we? And then how does that translate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Clarence. How do you, uh, how do you blow up and become Instagram famous? Um, because you're following the algorithms, but you also are like balance staying on trend, but also, um, figuring out your own style. Well, I wish I had the answer on how to blow up on Instagram. (laughs) Don't we all? I mean, Allie and Hannah might, but I, I I feel like I'm bumping around in the dark most of the time. But like, I feel like you should try everything because I remember when I started out, I was just designing each and everything that I saw on YouTube because that's how I learned how to design from watching videos on YouTube. And consistently, I was just designing from YouTube and posting it on Instagram, designing from YouTube and posting it on Instagram. So eventually, because now I think I'm starting to walk more into my own style, which is the illustrative side of things rather than the Photoshop side of things. So I think the only way to find your style is pretty much try out everything because you mm-hmm. never know what pops and you never want know what you fall in love with along the line and stuff like that. That's great. And I also think career wise, it's great to try out, try on a bunch of different hats because yeah. um, 
there have been times where, you know, maybe I'm having a slow month or, um, you know, I've got a, an opportunity to do some work on something interesting, but it's copywriting. It's not logo design. Now, do I advertise that I do copywriting? Do I talk about it on my website? Do I actively pursue that work? No. Can I do it? Yes. Because I've like, that's from way back in the day. I've done other stuff. And so it's nice to either supplement your income or it's tools in your tool belt for when you need to work on stuff for yourself, like having other design styles or having like, Hey, I can run an ad campaign and I can draw a picture or I know how to shoot photos. Like I wish I had that muscle. I never developed the, the photo video muscle, but um, boy, kicking myself now. Um, so yeah, like and it's, there's multiple advantages of just starting, just trying stuff out and going down that road, you'll find your style. You'll develop some other tools along the way. So when somebody does say, Hey, we really need this type of graphic done. Like we need, we, we, we're going to die if we don't have like 3d ice text for our sermon series. It's just like, I've already done that YouTube tutorial. Nobody likes it anymore. I don't post it anymore, but I've done it. <laughs> Cam says your light review video says otherwise. Yeah. That thing was a, a piece of flaming garbage. Uh, I did a review on the lights and I'm actually using for this, uh, this video right here. And Cam, uh, reflects your digital storytelling in the comments, uh, razzed me about it pretty hard. Uh, because he is an actual videographer and he's like, dude, this is the worst review video I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'll drop a link for everybody to watch it down here. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a real treat guys. Let me tell you. Um, and now a quick word from our sponsors. Cool. Let's talk. Oh, there's us live on the YouTube over here. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about, let's get a little bit more granular going grain, granular grains. Uh, let's talk about like in a specific project, like let's say you're humming along and you've got an idea and then you're like, this would be, this feels out of place or like, like times or places where like, do you have a process for that? Or is it usually like a harebrained thing that you're chasing Hannah when you're like, this shirt needs a tiger? Like, how do you arrive at that? Uh, trial and error. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the basis, you know, um, actually my artboard, my, uh, artboard or canvas in whatever digital landscape I'm working on. It's usually messy, like so messy. Cause I have font combination here, 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 here. Uh, just because I'm trying things and seeing what looks good together. I am able to now, um, now that I'm familiar with my massive font library and be able to like go through and see like, okay, this is a style I need. Let me see which ones that match that style and then put them together. And you, you just, you know, you, you know, and that doesn't, that doesn't come without practice. That comes with knowing your tools, knowing what's in your library, um, knowing what assets you're able to pull and also have a vision from the beginning of um, what you're trying to implement. What is the message I'm trying to convey? What uh, symbolism do I want to represent that message? And what is the style that pulls everything together? So all those elements are able to create a complete uh, composition. And um, that's when the success and the magic happens. Wow, well put. And I also just realized that we talked about like, how do you develop your own style or like, you know, figure out some of these things like it's it's through iteration. And then I asked the same question on like a smaller scale. 
And the answer is actually the same. It's still iteration because I, I forget <laughs> like, yeah, my illustrator board. I, first of all, I'm a big proponent of this. If your if your art space is not a hot mess while you're working, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. Um, and so like in, if you open up one of my illustrator files, like I've got the organized clean thing that I send yeah. off. But like while I'm working, it's the same thing. It's like minor differences in font choices, like copied over 16 times. And then uh, like the, but, but it's that same thing of like, you're just doing it by yourself over the course of two hours instead of publicly over the course of two years. You're, yeah. you're saying like, does this work? Mm, almost. No, that definitely doesn't work. This does, but yeah. this one feels like it's, it's off balance. Something's not here. And so yeah. you're working through that process. And when you get in that zone space, I don't know people have different names for it, but when you like lose track of time and it's just like, you're just in the, in the zone cranking stuff out. Um, like that's when those ideas, you're like, what if, what if we put like a little faucet for a sink on this thing? Like, why does it make sense? Like, can I get, will the client buy into it? I don't care about that right now. I just want to mm -hmm. see what this looks like. And you're like, Oh, Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. real different. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's how you arrive at uh, tiger illustrations on the t-shirt. Exactly. Works. I love it. <laughs> All right. We got a We got a question down here. Do any of you guys use Canva? Um, I want to do the round Robin and talk about Canva and I will go last. Hannah, what's your what's your lightning notes on uh, Canva? Ah, <laughs> um, you know, I I have a little bit of beef with Canva. Um, uh oh. <laughs> I I I mean, it's it's the same thing with someone like the Adobe programs that are coming out of like everybody's a graphic designer. You know, it's 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 putting some people out of jobs and saying everyone can do it. And I understand if you don't have a budget to afford a designer and you can't pay a designer well, or a content creator or a social media manager, like if you don't have the resources, resources to do that, um, then Canva or those extra, like do it DIY design platforms are really helpful. And I think that's mm -hmm. what we were primarily there for. However, I think now everyone's like, I'm a digital creator or I'm a creative. And I'm like, but are you really? <laughs> we dedicate our whole lives to this stuff. And we believe that, I mean, most of us who have a career in this field, believe that there's a calling for that. And um, we do things with purpose and with intention. And I feel like Canva just disses that a little bit. It's just like... Mm -hmm. It, it is a tool um, on one hand, but at the same time, um, it it does push more to the side of like, we're going to do it ourselves and who cares what it looks like. Um, and I think quality suffers because you're not going to have all the tools that you have in an Adobe pr platform or Procreate um, and everything's pre-made. So everything's also going to look the same. You're not going to really have original work. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are my two cents. But I, I have it. used Canva, and it is a tool for those who need it. <laughs> I like that. Canva is a tool. <laughs> Allie, what, what are your thoughts on Canva? I mean, like, same. I think it's great for the in-between. If you're in a pinch, you need something really quick, and you don't have access to these tools or a person who can do it, fantastic. Use it. But I think the caveat of Canva is it's like, you can tell it was made in Canva. 
Like yeah. it's all just the tan fonts. It's, you can just tell, um, which is, if that's your vibe, that's great. Run with it. But if you're like going for something that's like more polished professional, I think that's where you get a professional in the conversation. Um, but I also like, uh, we've been working on like creating templates for churches because I also understand not every church can hire, you know, somebody on the side to do their social. So it's like, oh, let's yeah. sell templates. But it's like, oh, like they might not know how to use Photoshop. So I'm also like digging myself into the Canva hole of like, which I don't know why I'm like, I feel like Canva is so confusing to me because I use Adobe. Um, so I'm also trying to learn how to use Canva. So I'm, I'm a liar, uh, essentially. I but. love it. <laughs> it. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys played like Guitar Hero back in the day. You remember that video game? <laughs> yes. So I used to, I, I picked it up after I'd been playing guitar for like three years and I got immensely frustrated because like I'm used to, you know, more nuance and like the fingers do lots of things and here's distilled down to four buttons. And so like muscle memory had to be relearned. It's kind of the same experience I have in Canva. It's like, where's that tool? Oh, that tool doesn't exist here. Yeah. Oh, but this is easier. And like, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Clarence, what do you feel about uh, Canva? Well, I've never used Canva, but... I don't like Canva. <laughs> Canva says, reminds don't know me it, of... don't want to know it. I hate it. <laughs> no, it, it reminds me of it reminds me of Adobe Express. Yeah, I yeah. think I think they're similar, aren't yeah. they? I haven't actually opened sort Adobe Express. Yeah, it reminds me of Adobe Express. It's so frustrating, but if you under budget, <laughs> then yeah. it's good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. In my typical uh, splashy contrarian way that I throw up these questions, I disagree with all of you. I think um, I think that Canva is a great tool for what it is. And I so I want to argue two points here. Uh, one is the the uh, Canva is cheapening the industry and putting designers out of business. If what a CFO at a mid-sized company is able to crank out on his, his or her phone on Canva. And that's, that is putting you out of work because the, the, the work is comparable to what you're doing as a designer. You need to explore other job opportunities or get better. Um, so I think talent will always speak for itself. Cream will always rise. If somebody says like, if, if somebody like, like, straight face looks at me and says like, Hey Josh, uh, you know, our 13 year old made this on their phone in Canva. And then here's Clarence's design. I think they both look good. Why would we pay for Clarence's to go on the t-shirt? I would say you don't want that person as a client because they're crazy yeah. and they. Did he freeze? I think yep. so. They are crazy. I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> <Am> I back. <laughs> Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, love it. Okay, I, I don't know where I cut out at, but basically, I've got lots of clients that mm -hmm. uh, their their team uses Canva, and I encourage it because I say, "Hey, you've got a volunteer team. They've got some great resources, and yeah. you you don't have the you know you got a seventeen year old that doesn't have you know you're not paying for the Adobe suite. They don't have a MacBook. They've got a phone and a decent eye for stuff. This is a great baby step way to get in there, and there's good." it is a good tool for that in between stuff like you're talking about. So maybe I'm not as contrarian as, as you're saying. Yeah, no, I said the same exact thing. Like we're on a budget constraint. You're using volunteers <laughs> and all that. Absolutely. Like Canva is a tool and should be used as such. 
However, um, for your argument regarding the comparing the, of the two designers, like uh, someone made it themselves in Canva versus the other person, yeah. I think that it's not the sense of like, you should be looking for other clients. Like, while I agree with that, like those aren't the clients you're supposed to be working with. You want someone who values your work and your time. Yeah. Um, my point at the sense of like, it's taking over the industry was the fact that it quite literally is just making people cheap in design. It mm. just depends the craft. It's not, it's okay. not the sense of like, Hey, I want to work with you because, uh, I think that I can do the same thing, but you should pay me. It's more of no, what you're doing isn't what I can do. And you don't understand that. And people will just ignore it. And people say, well, See, it's, cheaper. it's cheaper. Look at the finances, you know, yeah. and they'll then opt to pay designers less or have the expectation that designers need to be paid less because they mm. have Canva, and that's what they're used to. And that's what they're familiar with. So you're saying cool. like big picture culture wise, similar to like, fast food is making us impatient. Like Canva is making us cheap in design as a, as a deal here. And I've heard similar arguments with like, Oh, well now that, you know, nice cameras are less than $2,000. You know, every mom with a camera is putting photographers out of business. Like we got a nice camera, we got nice phones, but I still pay a good chunk of money for family photos because I respect the craft of like what that yeah. person is doing. And Obviously, that, you need to pursue those clients. Like, those are the clients that everything's going to work out better for everybody. And those are the people you want to work with anyway. And yeah. the only people you will work with. But I'm just saying there are instances where people are like, I can do it myself. So why would I hire you? Or yeah. um, this person charges so much less because they use Canva. And they're not paying for all these big software programs. So why would I hire you? I think that, in a sense, just discredits um, some creators. In yeah, that round. So. I, I love arguing on the show. I, we haven't actually gotten into any like true like controversy yet, and this is great because I think I think <laughs> there's a ton of people that 100% back you up and 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 are in line with what you're saying. And uh, I think it is a it, there is some merit to what you're talking about. I also just have seen so many times where the I am the second or third hire in a project or a situation. They said, yeah, we've, we've tried the DIY route. We know what that feels like now. We're ready for real help. Yeah. Um, or they say like, you know, just f fill in the blank. So, um, and Cam has a question down here. How do you educate clients on the necessity? Oh guys, I just realized we're going against the grain on this episode. There's some friction on the episode. Wow. Look Meta. At <laughs> Meta. <laughs> uh, Cam's asking, uh, how do you educate clients on the necessity of higher quality design uh, that don't have an eye or can't tell the difference? Uh, and my answer is kind of dovetails with what I've been saying here. Uh, you don't. If they're like, mm -hmm. why on earth would I pay you for this thing? Um, I say, if, if you don't see the difference, then like kindly, politely, professionally, if you can't tell the difference, like this might not be the best fit for you. Here are some cheaper options. I can introduce you to them. Like that's literally the answer that I send people. Uh, and sometimes yeah. those people come back a year later. Hannah, what's your answer to how do you educate clients? I agree. <laughs> what you Great. said sounds good to me. Uh, I also I would say it depends on how it, it depends on if I'm trying to force feed them 
or if they are asking me, because if they're like trying to understand, yeah. I will spend all day walking somebody mm -hmm. through the yeah. differences and things we're looking at or why this is a good choice and this is a bad choice yeah. if they're genuinely asking. But if they're not asking and they've said, I don't want to hire you, that seems expensive, or I don't like your idea, I want to do a different idea, I'm not going to like wrestle my way into like changing their mind because you're not going to change that mind. Yeah. Allie? Yeah. I mean, I think the cool thing about like working in social is the numbers are there and they're in front of everybody. Well, I guess not everybody if you're like in the account. But so it's like for me, because I've had conversations with clients where it's like, well, you know, like we, we had a volunteer, we could do this. And it's like, for sure. But you also grew X amount, you know, since we've mm. been working together in this. So I think like presenting like the actual facts, I know that's not necessarily the same with the design, like, hey, actually, like, four more people got saved when we had this on the screens versus this. <laughs> but it's, like, to be able to present, like, the facts to them, that's always been really helpful for me. But I also agree with what you're saying. It's, like, if that conversation comes up, that's usually a red flag. And maybe it's, like, okay, maybe I'm not the best solution for you then, which is fine because somebody – I'm the solution for somebody else. Yeah. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Yeah, I think I think the big kicker here is uh is don't don't waste your breath trying to change people's mind. Just keep knocking right. on doors and keep meeting people until you do find and it the crazy thing is too, is like once you find good clients, they refer you to other people who think and have budgets and have needs similar to theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Clarence, my guy. So for me, I just think it's from I'll take this from a global point of view, right? Just standing out and being out of the box, sort of like, obviously on Canva, everything is templates. You just put the mm. text and stuff like that. But I feel like when it comes to, to work that's more manipulated and more creative and work that can be differentiated from someone else's work, that's what I just try and show in what I do to the clients and stuff like that, because you can get a designer who's using Canva and probably I can do the same thing in Photoshop. And if I go on Canva, I can do it twice as fast and twice as easier. Yeah. But like just having something that's, that sets you apart as a brand or as a person is much better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. And, um, and I think that like, showing the customization. So we talked about like building confidence so that you can make some of those braver choices. Um, I've had this come up in projects where somebody says, Hey, we've gone down this road on um, 99 designs or Fiverr. Like we've already tried to get our logo designed and we really love this one and they'll send me the file. And uh, I think those two things are also examples of like things that some would argue are cheapening the craft, but I would argue I don't want the work that's going to 99 designs. Um, and I think it is a good, like first step for people. And I think that the creative needs are expanding. Like, I think that especially after the pandemic, more and more eyeballs are on, what are we doing on social? We, oh, we need to actually have like better quality creative millennials are coming into authority places and tend to care more about that than the previous generation. And so I think that the needs are growing and the solutions are growing the creative, uh, freelance community, the like 
people who say I want to be a creator are like that industry is like three X now. Um, and so like you, tools are going to blow up and like platforms like 99 designs, like those are, those have a little like sliver of that. Um, so I'm not worried about like job security side of things, but clearance, what you were talking about is, you know, proving to somebody like the difference in what you're getting. Cause sometimes people are saying like, tr okay, truly educate me. Tell me the difference between these two things. I want to know. And like what I've done is I, um, pulled up the thing in 99 designs that they sent me and said, yeah, that's cool. We can work with this, but I need to clean up some things because look at all these anchor points. Like this thing is not, and I would have like all the little measuring sticks say this thing isn't measured out correctly because they took 15 minutes to do it. And that's how you could afford to like get them to do it. So like, let me fix all that stuff. And like, that's kind of the same thing, like a, a good carpenter coming in and like shoring up a, you know, a structure like, okay, like we have to fix this thing before we can put any weight on it. Um, and I think that clients, when they see you like spotting the details, are you going, are you saying things like, Hey, this thing is, is, is a rastered image. It's not going to scale. We have to do it in illustrator. What's illustrator. Oh, well, that's a thing that I pay for that is a professional resource. And, um, you know, again, like if they're on a curious journey or trying to understand, like those are types of things, like show them the work, show them how, how you arrived at some of these things. And that'll, that'll help build some of that confidence. Alrighty, gang. Um, it's time to, to wind this puppy down for the day, but we're going to do a new segment. We've never done this before. Are y'all down to be some guinea pigs? Yes. Why not? I love it. <laughs> Why not? All right. So what we're going to do um, is we're going to actually doodle live in the episode. I'm, I'm going to think of some kind of pithy name for it, uh, but we're going to take 90 seconds and we're going to make a hush Siri. Uh, we're going to make it one minute because that's what I've got pulled up here. Uh, and we're going to actually design uh, a doodle for the episode. So it's against the grain. Hannah, this was your kind of idea. What Would, would it be like a little uh, like log or like a piece of plywood or something? Or like what is the icon doodle for today's episode? What are we drawing? Uh, let's go for a grain of rice. A grain of rice? How am a I going to doodle that? A grain of rice that has, upon more members, has a big impact. Okay. We're drawing <laughs> some rice. All right. So you got, that is your prompt where the theme is going against the grain and uh, there's got to be rice in it somewhere. You got 60 seconds. They all have Sharpies and a piece of paper. So I can share on screen. Uh, I'm going to be doing mine in Illustrator using my Wacom tablet. Wacom? Wacom? I don't know. Um, and I don't ever know what it, what it is, but let me, uh, pull my thing up here. Window episode 11 doodle. All right. Can you all see my, my guy here? Yes, we can. All right, cool. Uh, drawing a rice. We got one minute. Let me make sure my thing is still in appropriate drawing mode. Get fatter, fatter nip than this. All right, so this is another thing is the context where this might be used is uh, a, an episode cover, and it could be really small. So I want you guys to draw fat, okay? Like we're drawing an icon here, not a detailed illustration. All right, everybody ready for your rice drawing activity? Yes. Set, go. This is what I haven't figured out is, am I going to talk during this whole thing? <laughs> Um, to make it a better experience for 
This just looks terrible. <laughs> that makes this so much better. Uh, yeah. This this is what a grain of rice. <laughs> I'm gonna do some chopsticks in here, maybe. This this is terrible. Well, we got 15 seconds, guys. Oh my god. On future episodes, I'm thinking about making this an all draw. So like uh, the audience would also pull out their paper and draw it and then email me the stuff and all the artworks make it into the episode. All right. Pencils down. <laughs> you guys see this masterpiece? <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. Wait, are we done? Oh, we're done, baby. We're all done. That's, that's crazy. It's really bad. <laughs> All right, now, now, so everybody got to see my. I was focused on the text. Mess. I was focused on the text. <laughs> oh, oh you added text. Yeah, I, I was still on the text. I love it. All right, show me what you got, though. There's no wrong answers. Oh, he's a little rice guy. That's so nice. Yeah, little bro. Hannah's is. I didn't delightful. even get anyway. <laughs> Allie, what you got? Okay, it's not all... as cute, but he's against I... the green. <laughs> oh, little wild rice. The, little wild he's rice. The, he's the little, was the, the black swan or the, the ugly duckling? What's the black... it called? <laughs> well, yeah. you know, like this sweater. I've been watching a lot of The Crown, the sweater that Princess Diana wears, where it's all the sheep, but then there's one black sheep. Yeah. That was uh, the inspo for this. This is my Diana. My wife moment. would know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> I hear about it like secondhand, Perfect. but I don't know Great the show. she's a big Diana fan. All right, yeah. Clarence. Oh my god. So yeah, this is gonna be the the worst one. Just for context. I was gonna do the text, then I was gonna put it in a bowl. Oh, he's already oh, sketching out. That's it. cool. See, this man, this man had a, a more he had a four minute illustration and we only had oh, oh hot girls for you in the chats. We've never had this before. Get out, get out, abort. Um, no one click whatever links they send, please. Um, cool guys. Well, thank y'all so much for your time. This has been another fantastic episode. If y'all could all email me your artworks so I can include it in the episode cover. I think that'll be a delightful little addition and get everybody's little personality too. Uh, this is um, after today. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to do more of this because like, even in what we just saw, like we saw four different personalities, uh, actually had to run and go get a kid, but she was excited about, uh, doing this as well. Um, but guys, that's going to be a wrap for today. Huge shout out to all of our guests for the episode. As always, we'll have their links down below. Go give them a follow, hire them for a project. Uh, and then tune in weekly Fridays live at 1 PM for what you just experienced. And then we've also got the podcast on Apple and Spotify and those puppies drop. Uh, we're still working through the cadence, but it's probably Mondays or Tuesdays of the week. Like, subscribe, and share a link to the episode with one friend. Until next week, adios. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you had as much fun as I did. You can join us for live recordings each week on YouTube on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you. 
And you can visit freelancefridays.live for more info or to nominate a guest for an episode on the show. If you like the show and you want to show us some love and help us keep this party rolling, take a second and share a link to this episode with a friend. Until next time, adios!